back, guys, to Aesthetically Displeasing, where we talk about all things spooky, stupid, and... Displeasing. I'm Nicole. I'm Melanie. And today... Wait, you didn't introduce our third guest. It's it's Xander. He's... I feel like he was almost out. You'll be able to hear him he, breathing. He freaking loves to do some quality asmr for this podcast he does he he's is our so asmr specialist <laughs> we need to just insert like we have a really bad case we can just insert like <laughs> his little sounds at the end there's there's sometimes where i'm editing and i don't i don't hear it on our headphones but the mic picks it yes. up so when i'm editing i'm like god damn it <laughs> just hear his snoring yeah pretty much so you said that you think you know what my case is today. No, I don't know what your case is. All I know is what you titled it in the Google. So I don't know who that is. In in the Google. In the, in the cloud. So we're watching Sesame Street this morning with my son. And all of a sudden, like, like Melanie and I uh, love, like, Twilight shit posting on Facebook and I don't know, all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden we see... <laughs> What looks like a Twilight, it's as like a Twilight Sesame spoof. Street. Yeah, and then we're like, "No way, this is not happening." And then it's like Twilight breaking it's, cookies. <laughs> yeah, we were like, "Yeah, like it's definitely made for the parents." And yes. then yeah, because it was um, what was his name? Breadward Cookie Monster is Breadward, <laughs> and then some random other. What are they called on Sesame Street? Puppets. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking of like a town name, like a Rock Islander, but like a Sesame Street or I don't know. But oh, her name is Belly. <laughs> and she's super uh, emotionless too. Yes. He's like, you can't marry her. And she's like, but I love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did the like, let's fly spider monkey. And <laughs> what's funny about that is I was like, tree. oh my God, I, I like quoted the spider monkey. And yes. Then all and of a sudden they, they did it. Yeah. It was beautiful, and it just came up, like, on this random episode that we were watching. We didn't search for it. It's the Valentine's Day special of Sesame Street. If you guys want to watch it, it's great. Hey. I'd watch everything, because it kind of goes along, like, with my students. When I play piano music, I do, like, piano covers of, like, Post Malone songs, or, like, yeah. piano covers of Blink-182. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's nice piano music for the kids, but then, like, fun for me. Like, I'd watch all the kids' shows if they were like that. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, today I have two different stories for you. I'm not doing them both. Okay, so you have two stories, but you're not telling two stories? <laughs> I have two options for you, because I was going Ooh. to do... Cecile Travis Gaddy, mm-hmm. which I will do both of them at some point. But then I realized that I do I do like true crime way more often than I do conspiracy theories. Yeah. You should do conspiracy because I'm doing true crime. Ooh, okay. So you can give give the people a little bit of both. Okay, so I've I did this one before, but I was super unprepared for it and then we just never released it. So it is. Oh, okay. What's the frequency, Kenneth? I'm ready. The first time I did this, I was so scatterbrained. I understand. You know, because I'm sleep deprived yes. from my child who I can't tell if he's having a sleep regression, if he's just sick and out of routine. Or if, if he's getting his molars. Teething. Who knows? He just hates sleep. 
Sleep is for the week. He slept for like 35 minutes last night. Then <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up first, put him down. Yeah. Poor guy. Okay. So pop culture. What's the frequency, Kenneth? <laughs> is mm. that what it is? Yes. Yes. It's like, what time is it, Mr. Fox? What's the frequency, Mr. Kenneth? (laughs) (laughs) Did you think that's funny? You know what? Why did I never think about putting on cops? Uh, My son is a typical white man because he loves cops, fart noises, and I don't know, bread. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't think of a third. (gasps) I have a palate cleanser for the end of wheat. Or no, we don't really need a palate cleanser. I made a list of palate cleansers, and I have a palate cleanser, too. Hell, yeah. Um, okay, so. Pop cal- Pop culture. Pop culture. <laughs> pop culture. Pop culture often finds inspiration within society, and it is so often innocent. However, the 1994 REM hit What's the Frequency, Kenneth? will leave your head spinning with the endless possibilities to this rabbit hole. Did I do good? Yes. Thank you. Okay, so. Okay, on October 4th, 1986, CBS Evening News anchor Dan Rather was walking home to his Manhattan apartment. As he's walking along Park Avenue South, he is approached by two well-dressed men, and one asks Dan, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Before Dan can even wrap his head around this odd question and even more odd situation, he is knocked to the ground, being punched and kicked by the two men. And what time was this at? It was at night. Jesus. I don't know what time. While the attack is happening, the same man keeps repeating, Kenneth, what's the frequency? Rather yells for... Rather throws me off as a last name. Yes, that sounds so <clears throat> weird. Dan Rather yells for help, hoping someone would hear him. And luckily, a doorman and building supervisor ran to his aid, but the two men ran away before they could be seen. Caught? Seen? Whatever. Did they steal anything or just beat him? They just beat him up and asked what's the frequency. What the heck? When the news broke of the story, no one believed it due to the... Due to it being so random. Yeah, it sounds made up. It Yeah, it sounds like he's trying to get publicity. Yeah. Rather was quoted saying, I got mugged. Who understands these things? I didn't, and I don't now. I didn't make a lot of it at the time, and I don't now. I wish I knew who did it and why, but I have no idea. The doorman and building supervisor confirmed his story after there were claims that he was making it all up for publicity. So Rather was actually a really high-profile reporter. He was researching Iran-Contra. Do you know what the Iran-Contra is? I don't. The Iran-Contra affair was a U.S. political scandal in which the National Security Council became involved in secret weapon transactions and other activities that were either prohibited by the U.S. Congress or violated or violated the state's public policy of the government. Damn. So basically, like, yeah, they were just... It was a big political scandal during uh, the Reagan administration, and he was the the reporter on, like, the main reporter on mm-hmm. this. So a lot of people, like, I don't think he took this very seriously because of what he was researching, how he was a reporter. Mm-hmm. Like, he just didn't, I don't know, wasn't, not wasn't phased by it, but. Yeah. Like, he kind of understood why it would happen to him. Yeah. If you research him now, he's not very liked. (laughs) 
Why can't I scroll? Trackpad. Okay. Just seven. Step, bro. <laughs> I was trying to think, I was trying to think what it, me and Logan say, like with that inflection, where you're like, trackpad. I'm going to go, step, bro. <laughs> okay. Just seven years later, R.E.M. recorded What's the Frequency, Kenneth, in 1993 for their album Monster. In Michael Stipe's explanation for their inspiration, he said, It was the premier unsolved American surrealist act of the 20th century. It's a misunderstanding that was scarily random, media hyped, and just plain bizarre. The inspiration was so well known that Rather actually ended up performing the song with R.E.M. on the late night show with David Letterman in 1995. (laughs) So, like, it's well known where this inspiration comes from. So, if we stop here, um, it's just cool trivia behind pop culture. Yeah. Like, if you were on TikTok, it would be, like, uh, what's, like, a random fact Did you know the... Did you know the real story behind this song? Right. Um, But in 1994, one year after the song was released, William Tagger shot and killed NBC technician Campbell Montgomery outside of the Today Show in North Carolina. When Tagger was arrested, he claimed that NBC had been beaming transmissions into his brain for years. Oh, my God. His attack was aimed at the studio only in hopes to stop the transmissions, but Montgomery ended up preventing this with his life. So you might be thinking, like, how does this relate at all to the R.E.M. song? Well, Tagger disclosed during his arrest that the reasons for attacking the NBC studios was the same exact motivation he had for attacking Dan Rather eight years prior. Oh my goodness. While Tagger was paroled in 2010 for killing Campbell Montgomery, he was never charged with Dan Rather's attack. Weird, but if you stop going down that rabbit hole... (laughs) If you stop going down the rabbit hole here, you can almost fit it into a neat little box. Tagger was a little crazy and claimed to be involved in Dan Rather's attack during his arrest due to his knowledge of it in pop culture. But if we keep going down the rabbit hole, as we should, as we should, you never stop. It gets interesting. During Tagger's time in prison, he met with a psychiatrist many times. William Tagger was born in the year 2265, according to like some Mm -hmm. speculation. He's from... He's not from our planet. He's from, like, a parallel universe of the Earth. Okay. And his government sent him here because, like I said, he was a convicted felon. Um, So his punishment is coming to our timeline and our Earth. Yeah. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) Um, The government on his planet has been experimenting with time travel to other parallel universes, um, for almost 150 years. Oh, wow. So he volunteered to be the first human test pilot uh, with the condition that he needed to be fully pardoned. So mm-hmm. of all of his crimes, if he repl- if he um, got back safely. Mm-hmm. So this is all like him just... Telling a psychiatrist all of this, which I would love to be a psychiatrist. Me too. So it sounds like just a poor guy who has lost his mind. If you look on Reddit, it's just, that's all it says. Like, this guy is just nuts. 
which is what I thought at first. Um, how does how does any of this explain his attack on Dan Rather? What does any of this have to do with NBC? Um, so Taggart admits to his psychiatrist that he attacked Dan Rather back in 1986 because he looked like his current, in his timeline, Vice President Kenneth Burroughs. Oh, my God. To try and call him on this, they had shown Dan Rather a picture of William Tagger because they were like, there's no way this actually connects. <clears throat> and Dan Rather actually ends up identifying him as the man that assaulted him that night. He still wasn't <sighs> even, like, arrested of anything. But Dan Rather is like, yeah, that's the dude that tried to attack, or, well, did attack him. Oh, my gosh. So he ended up realizing that he made the mistake of attacking Dan Rather instead of Burroughs. He, um, <laughs> he fled the scene and supposedly he missed his window to return home. Mm -hmm. So in 1994, he attempted to get in contact to someone who was um, able to identify the frequency and put an end to like all of the voices that mm -hmm. he was hearing inside his head. Um, and that's why he went into the NBC to attack. It, it, he was attacking mm -hmm. the studios to yeah. try to figure it out, but, um, um, but it didn't work. And obviously he got convicted of, of shooting mm -hmm. the man that I can't think of. His name's Campbell. Yeah. Um, so he sits in prison in New York and the voices uh, repeats itself every 20 minutes and oh it still God. plays in his head. So there's some speculation that Dan Rather might be connected to postmodernist fiction writer Donald Barthelme. B-A-R-T-H-E-L-M-E. I don't know. It sounds like you have a lisp when you say it. Barth Barthelme. 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 I'll call him Donald. <laughs> Barthelme. <clears throat> Donald died in 1989. Um, but in 2001, Paul Limbert Alman wrote an article in the Harper's Weekly named The Frequency, which linked the two. Both Dan and Donald were born in 1931 and raised in Houston, Texas. And it was believed that Donald orchestrated the event from his story I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it because I'm pretty sure it's German. So in this writing, there was a reoccurring character named Kenneth and an editor named Lather. It's a good name. <laughs> Lather. Gonna lather yourself up. The question, what's the frequency, is even stated in the story. So um, just a clip from the story. It, one says, that's a, very, that's a very common fantasy. The other says, all my fantasies are extremely ordinary. The, the first says, does it give you pleasure? The other says, a poor, rather unsatisfactory. Ugh. Then the first person says, what's the frequency? And he responds by, oh, God, who knows? Once in a while, sometimes. The other says, you're not cooperating. What? And, and then he says, I'm not interested. What? So it's just like super weird. So many people who make this in... This far into the conspiracy, have a few questions. Yes, <laughs> a few. <laughs> was the attack on Dan Rather plotted by Donald, or did did Tagger read Donald's work oh, and become man. obsessed? Or 
did someone make Tagger read Donald's work and respond to trigger words from his work for unknown reasons? All these questions are valid. However, I think there's an even bigger question. Who was the second person who attacked Dan Rather in 1986? Some speculate that it is Ken Schaefer, who was a former music publicist turned inventor. He was known best for figuring out a way to hijack Russian broadcasts into TVRO receivers so that the U.S. could watch them. Once he figured all this out, he hooked up the broadcast to be viewed by at Harriman Institute for the Advanced Studies in the Soviet Union at Columbia University. He, I just realized he is not the person who was with <laughs> William oh. Taggart. Sorry. So they think, some people think that he was the original attack because he f- figured out a way using frequencies to target okay. and, and understand Russian Okay. Stuff. The vice president um, on his planet was named Kenneth Burroughs. Uh-huh. So the guy that hijacked Russian frequencies yeah. is is his um, vice president. And they look exactly like Dan Rather. Okay. And they explain this as, like, everyone has, like, a double from a different universe. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense why yeah. they were um That makes complete twins. sense. <laughs> um, so one, one off that I wrote, read was, uh, wrote, uh, before Tagger entered a time, oh, before Tagger entered, entered, <laughs> Jesus Christ, before Tagger entered the time I keep saying time and it's not time. <laughs> what is it? The travel chamber. He was supposed to uh, pay a visit to the vice president, um, and he was told that he had a transmitter implanted in his brain, and if he didn't return within the certain amount of time or whatever, uh, they were gonna like keep sending frequencies to his brain, mm-hmm. um, and they could track him. Ew. Uh, he supposedly landed in New York on September 1st, 1986, successfully. Um, it was all going according to the plan. But then he was arrested for putting coins in expired parking meters. <laughs> what? After spending 30 days in jail, he received, he started receiving hostile messages from his vice president, Burroughs, telling him to return immediately through his brain. Um, that's terrifying. So this, this, uh, article is nuts. Cause like this person that's writing it, like fully believes oh in it. Oh my God. So he, his own window of opportunity had passed and he would have to wait another week to try to return, but there was no way possible to let Burroughs know this. So he missed his like window to get back yeah. to his timeline. So because like, they were constantly giving him messages that were sent through his brain. It was making him crazy. Mm-hmm. And he, like, wasn't able to sleep. And so when he saw Dan Rather walking, he thought it was Kenneth Burroughs mm-hmm. because that's from his timeline yeah. and he was supposed to be back. So that's why he attacked him and he was trying to figure out the frequency so he could make the oh. the sound transmission stop. My 
con- he just sounds like a paranoid schizophrenic. <laughs> that he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, I'm pretty sure he got diagnosed with schizophrenia. So mm-hmm. it, people usually chalk this up to like, yeah, he's just a total schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's very weird that his story lines up with so many other things. Like the, the story from Donald with what's the frequency, Kenneth? He's out searching for um, people who have experience with like frequencies and hijacking all that yes. kind of stuff. Um, and the only reason he supposedly attacked Dan Rather was because he looked like his vice president in his timeline. Like he wasn't saying like that was meant to be Dan Rather. Mm-hmm. He's admitting like, yeah, no, that. That was an accident. It was supposed to be Kenneth because he thinks that the people from his timeline, because he's trying to stop the frequency and not doing his mission, mm-hmm. that um, they're punishing him for that. Anyways, what are your thoughts? I think he's just a paranoid schizophrenic. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people think that. I just think it's bizarre. It is. Well, it's, yeah, a lot of things are connected. That don't make a lot of sense. So, that is, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Sorry for my baby getting upset. It is very warm in it's this room. It's okay. That's so weird. Uh, yeah. Also, I can't imagine trying to stop a frequency in my head and yes. not being able to. It sounds like a Black Mirror um, episode. It does. That, and, like, that would totally happen in Black Mirror where they're, like, trying to get stuff done and then they, like, get arrested on accident stuff yeah it's so bizarre Do it I- is um i want to hear the song Ooh, let's do it but it does like make sense like he thinks that something's like in his brain like it's just like it, it's really eerie that he thinks something's in his brain and then he's beating him up and saying like what's the frequency what's the frequency like that's all he yeah, wants to know yes can you play it on your phone through the yes, bluetooth yes while you're looking it up, <clears throat> I have a fun fact from, so my boss is out this week and probably for the next couple of weeks. And so I am admittedly a little nervous around my boss's boss because he's your boss's boss, <laughs> my boss's <laughs> boss. Um, but he, I've had so many meetings with him this past week that I'm now like perfectly comfortable with him. Good. But he's, like, literally a nugget of information walking around. Like, he is so smart. And so we were getting off on a tangent, talking about, like, how um, burying people is really bad for the environment. Mm -hmm. So states are trying to allow you to be either buried in, like, a fungal sack. Nice. So that the the fungus eats you. Yeah. And then, like, you become plants. Or you get buried and then a tree gets buried on top of you that so that good. you become like a tree fertilizer. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about all that. And then we're talking about how I was talking about how it's crazy that Egyptians knew um, about like being mummified so early. Yeah. Like how they figured that out. And I don't understand it. And he was like, well, I can tell you why they knew that. So basically it was because of the sand. They'd bury people in the sand, and because it was so hot, sometimes the sand would wash away, and then they would realize that the body was still there. Mm-hmm. So they, like, learned all of these techniques. Anyways, in their religion, beliefs, whatever, they believe that it is key 
to still have your body because you come back to it once a day. You come back to your body once a day? Yeah. You still have to work in the afterlife. but you What? But you have these little little people that every single day you worked in your real life, they will go work for you. What? In the afterlife. Anyways. So you come back to your body once a day. And if you don't have your body, you're like lost. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. This is all <laughs> Rowan to get you to my fun fact of statues that are of people can also be used as like someone's body so that they would come back to it if they if it's the exact replica yeah. of the person they would come back to it mm-hmm. so that's why statues noses are so often broken what it's not an accident it's ritual because if it wasn't broken it would be their body and then they would have to come back to that statue <gasps> Oh my gosh. And if they're buried somewhere, like presumably they're buried correctly. Yeah. Oh wow. They they would not know which, you know, they they would kind of be stuck. Yeah. They have two bodies and they can't have two bodies. So they would ritually break the noses oh, of statues. Crazy. So that they wouldn't get confused. Wow. Oh my gosh. So that's why statues' noses are broken. That's a, I Thought that it was an accident. I thought that I did too. people were like rubbing the noses and so then just over time they fell off. I thought it was because like, like that's like, you know, when you make a cake and there's one part that's like sticking out more that, yeah. that that's the one that's more likely going to break. Yes. But no, it's, wow. it's done on purpose. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. So thank that's you. so interesting. Thank you to my boss's boss for giving yeah. me that nugget of information. He was telling me, and I was like, I'm soaking all this in for my podcast. Heck yeah. Oh, that's so <clears> crazy. <throat> Did you hear about the um, monk statue that they um, did? like a ct scan on and then they found out that it was just an actual like monk inside of it <gasps> that they turned into a statue yeah there's a whole ass person in there oh my yeah <laughs> so that's what i was thinking of when you were saying when you're talking about the statues i thought you were gonna say like sometimes there's a body in the statue no no they have to break the nose so they don't come that's so it. interesting oh my god they just they just found a lot of the embalming fluids that um Egyptians would use because mm-hmm. like formaldehyde's really bad for the environment. Yes. And so like they they did what I work on with the instrument I work on almost every day. Um they used it to identify the compounds mm-hmm. in their embalming fluid. And so now they know what the Egyptians used for making Wow. Scientific. Oh my gosh, thanks. Cool. That's crazy. No. Okay. That's so funny that you're, the thing you sent me is the same thing I was talking about on TikTok, the Camilla Creations. Yeah. Okay. She does a good job. Let me get it. Okay. afraid to play any more than that but the lyrics are really creepy there's um i didn't i didn't dive into it but if you keep diving down rabbit holes because they're they like go in all different directions but um 
someone, I think it was the guitarist, don't come at me if I'm wrong, but the <laughs> guitarist, when they were recording, the end of the song like fades out really quickly and it's because he like had some medical emergency that they had to run out of the studio for. Oh my gosh. So I think that that's creepy too. Oh, wow. That's super creepy. So. Weird. I just love conspiracy theories that it's like, there's no way that that's right. Yeah. Like, what if it is? I know. I love time I love travel. conspiracy. Yes. And time travel. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at Aesthetically Displeasing, on Instagram at Aesthetically Displeasing Pod, and you can email us at Aesthetically Displeasing Pod at gmail.com. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.